To make it in cannabis, first you must dare to. Twelve years ago, MJ BizCon dared to unite the global cannabis community, igniting a movement that continues to thrive. So let's grow together this November 28th through December 1st in Las Vegas. You'll hear incredible stories, see groundbreaking innovations, and forge connections you need to thrive in 2024. But wait, snag your ticket to MJ BizCon in October. And you are eligible for the 31 days of giveaways and promotion going on right now. So hurry, get your ticket today. And here's a secret. Podcast listeners get 10% off with promo code 23POD10. That's 23POD10. Don't miss out. Get your ticket at mjbizcon.com. That's mjbizcon.com. Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And we welcome you to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. I mentioned this on the program before, that colorectal cancer is the third most common cancer worldwide. And Hungary has the highest rate of colorectal cancer, followed by South Korea, according to the World Cancer Research Fund. The majority of colorectal cancers occur in people older than 50. The average age at the time of diagnosis for men is 68 and for women is 72 although it can occur in young adults and teenagers. Today we have as our guest a woman who, in the spring of this year, was diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer that spread to her lymph nodes, and today she is cancer-free. And joining us from British Columbia, Canada, to tell her story is Susan O'Keefe. Susan, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Susan, when you were diagnosed this past spring, did you ever in your wildest dreams think that you'd be cancer-free this soon? No. Tell me. But I had a belief. I did have a belief. That you were going to get better. That's right. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people just uh, hand over their health issues to their doctor as opposed to Uh, believing that whatever they're doing will make them well. And uh, you are really a testament to the the power of the mind over matter. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. Tell me, how were you feeling before you got the diagnosis from the doctor? Well, it was very interesting because I felt nothing. I felt perfectly healthy. I'm a a very healthy human being for Mm. the most part. And um, I just felt my family has a lot of cancer and I've caregiven a lot through all of it. And um, I just felt I was over 50. I'm 56 now and I, I'm due for a colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I asked for that and doctors wouldn't give it to me because I had no symptoms or 
they just don't do that anymore. And I had heard, I went into an office and said, I'm over 50. You know, I have a, a big family history of cancer. I'd like a colonoscopy. So I wasn't given one. And then a couple of years later, I, I got a new doctor. I wasn't impressed with that one. Went with a new doctor and we lied. And we said that I found blood in my stool because otherwise I couldn't get it with the system. Mm. And uh, sure isn't sure enough, we found a tumor. And did so you did, did you have any kind of inkling that it might come back positive, or were you just kind of ticking all the boxes? No, I'm I'm just yeah, really okay. proactive with my health care, and and I go ahead and, and like I my mother had breast cancer, so I've been since 39 getting mammograms. So I'm just really proactive because of all the my sister passed in 2020 of cancer. So um, I, I'm very on top of myself as far as checking. There's an awareness. That's right. Tell me so about, what, go what ahead. goes through your mind when they say stage three colon cancer? Um, it was really, um, you know, going in with no symptoms and then receiving that. So that was April 15th. I had my colonoscopy and by April 16th, and this was at four o'clock at night by 9 a.m., um, I had been um, called by an oncologist surgeon to come in, and I had no idea what was going on. Um, but I knew, oh, somebody has mistakenly called me, and nobody has told me anything. So I guess they had found um, a tumor during the colonoscopy. It had been tattooed. Um, and then April 16th is when I got that call, and... I went into um, a, a pretty good session with myself in the mirror is what happened and full surrender and understanding that this was my turn now. And I had been turned on to the, um, Phoenix Tears six years ago in hopes to save my mother. And I had reached out then and began uh, uh, an evening protocol of 50 milligrams for myself at night just to go to sleep six years ago because nobody in my family would do this protocol. So to be honest, April 16th, it happened to me. And I knew I wanted, and I had to put my money where my, my mouth was, so to speak, because I've been a believer in RSO for, for six years. So no one else in my family would do it. So I had to do it. Why wouldn't they sense. do it? Hmm? Why wouldn't they do it? Why wouldn't they do the colonoscopy? No, why wouldn't they uh, take the cannabis oil? Oh, there, uh, fear. A lot of fear. My mother had never done anything like that. She was actually willing to maybe participate, had a family meeting, and it's basically the fear um, of it and being, I think, you know, them being afraid of the unknown and just going by what doctors say and uh i watched them all do things my mother didn't do the chemotherapy um my sister did my cousin did um aunts have i mean we're riddled with it and i've just slowly watched my family die and i was not going to do it that way Susan, for listeners' sake, um, could you explain what you mean by saying that they had tattooed you? Right. Oh, sure. So during uh, the colonoscopy procedure was really not difficult at all. I did not find that 
um, you know, intrusive at all. It was fine. Um, I guess when they were up there, um, so they found a, a, it's a very, it was ended up being only 2.5 centimeters. My tumor was quite small. Um, so when they did the colonoscopy, the gentleman that does that, when they were up in my um, colon, when they saw a tumor, they mark it so that a surgeon could come back should you require surgery that's the marking where they would begin to do the removal of the colon so i had a right hemicolectomy okay i did choose surgery okay so they so, they, they got to, they got out the 2.5 centimeter tumor through surgery correct yeah. and did they encourage you to take chemotherapy or radiation? Yeah, so they um, did take harvest 22 lymph nodes during the surgery and two were positive. So meaning that that's where it became stage three. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you don't have a lot of time to make any decisions. It's very um, isolating. It's quite dramatic. And uh, they give you, I, they want you to start. So they said with me, they would like me four to six weeks after the surgery to begin chemo. And by that, they wanted me to do intravenous and also pill form for the colon. There's only one, they only have one protocol for my colon cancer, and that was an IV drip of chemotherapy in conjunction with pills. And they wanted to do eight rounds. And what are you thinking? And I'm absolutely going no, because I witnessed it. I sat with family um, through treatments. And um, I, I never, my brain could not go to um, intravenous. So I immediately just said, I, I can't do that. I don't understand the pills and I, I want to do it with cannabis because I was getting a lot of pressure. I, I felt a lot of pressure from, from family and friends to do Western medicine. And when you told they them, were, the, when you told them the, that you wanted to do cannabis, what, what did they say? Uh, they didn't want me to do that. They wanted... A, a, a lot of society is based on, and my friends and, and, and just research that I had done and go with Western medicine, like chemo's the only way, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And um, I had been trying to do this for six years to try to see if anybody, so I told the doctor, I said, okay, I refuse. So I had to go in and meet um, with an oncologist and he explained that and I said, well, I I absolutely will not do intravenous. Explain to me the pills. They explained that that was the powerhouse anyways. And I said, am I able to quit if I want, if I so choose to do it? He said, yes. He said, I have to make a decision in three days. He told me this on Friday. I had to make a decision on Monday. I'm five weeks out of surgery at this point. Um, I said, I won't do it unless I can do my cannabis treatment simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I have to check with a pharmacist to see if you can do that. And I said, if 
I am not allowed to do cannabis with this. I will not do it. And he came back and he said, the pharmacist said, yes, you can do it. But one thing he has explained to me that it could enhance the the high, um, the chemo pills. So just go easy on it so that I make my appointments with him. Right. And mm-hmm. I said, well, I'll be fine. <laughs> and so I, I, I did the research and found out because I have to not be asleep. And I had thought I would be asleep for a, a long time. So I ended up dosing um, with suppositories and oral at night. So I got to tell you, Susan, that when you told me that about the oncologist or being worried about it, um, or, or talking about enhancing the high, I, I, I've been at this 10 years. I've, I've never heard that. Never, ever once. Oh, yeah. Here to this. Yeah. So, so actually what they're saying is if you do the chemotherapy pill, you'll get more bang for your buck. <laughs> yeah, that's what he right. said. And I, I, and I, I guess for me, it was a, a, a disconnect, to be honest, with what I've witnessed with family. I just had absolutely, and I didn't want to do it at all. So I felt like I was satisfying family and friends by, right. by doing the pills, but also honoring my own self. And today I know I would skip the other because I did two weeks of, of those pills and I went down hard. Tell us about I, I what got, happened when you took I got every side effect possible instantaneously. So the, the side effects that you could possibly get from these pills, and I'm just going to pull up my, um, because I, I documented and went into the, the oncologist after mm-hmm. the two weeks to tell him what had happened to me. So um, the side effects within a week of taking, so I only made it one round. I only made it two weeks on these pills um, because it, it pretty much killed me. And that's what he said when I went back after the first round. So I had a dripping and tender nose, severely chapped lips to the point of scabbing, making eating difficult. I had sensitive teeth and gums like I could barely chew anything. My teeth felt like they were falling out of my head. Uh, My fingertips and uh, feet were numb. I was unable to grip anything. Uh, Full body rash. Um, This is an interesting one, but an enlarged clitoris, uh, which made urinating very, very difficult. Itchy female parts, swollen and painful feet. I could barely walk, and I had a geographic tongue, so I couldn't eat. What's a geographic tongue, Susan? So my tongue separated like a dry desert floor. Oh. Jesus, you, so were, you I, were a mess. I was an absolute mess, and I lost 10 pounds after the surgery and 10 pounds two weeks on those pills. So I had a dramatic 20-pound weight loss within four weeks. So I melted is what happened. I suspect you'd probably be dead if you continued with your chemo. That's correct. So I went in after the two weeks. They, so it was, they were going to do uh, six months. So it was going to be two weeks on, one week off for six months. And um, I went down in the first round and... 
I walked into the office. It's all during COVID. It was has all been very um, a very isolating, very challenging time mm-hmm. to go through it all. But he looked at me, and they even called in people like uh, interns mm-hmm. uh, because of what I looked like. It was very dramatic. My lips split open. I had a just looked like I was in a bar fight. Did the doctor so what, try and try and blame the cannabis? Uh, what's interesting is no, the doctor did not. However, I had a couple of friends say, "Oh my God, is it?" And I said, "Did I look like this before?" I said, "It's absolutely the chemo pills because I didn't look. This didn't happen when I was doing my maintenance of fifty for six years. Mm-hmm. It it didn't, and it and it remains." Yes, but some people questioned it. And as soon as I went off of those pills, it took a month, by the way, for my body to recover. I I went through a full, I shed all my skin on my feet and my hands. It went, it changed my skin. Wow. So I am quite shocked that people could even do chemo for what it did to me instantly. And what was the recommendation from the doctor after seeing you? Uh, the doctor went, oh, my God, I'm killing you. Uh, you wow. need to – I'm taking you off this, and you need to go home and drink as much water as you can and flush this out of you. And there's nothing more I can do for you. And we'll just put you on maintenance. And I ask, what does that look like? And I actually, I did the Shawshank turn. I was very grateful to walk out of there. Hobble is more like it and begin my journey with what I wanted to do, which was high levels of THC, which I healed. I It took a month for what that stuff did, but I feel fantastic today. Now, Susan, you were taking um, how much oil a day? This was an eight-strain oil, if I remember correctly. Uh, it was a four or five strain, I think, but I can double check. If it's just coming from back east? Yeah. Yeah, it was six strains, and now it's eight. Yeah. Uh, okay. And um, so what I did uh, to function, I did a, the, some days I did 1,100 milligrams, but for the most part, it was a solid thousand. And for me, what I did enabled for me to function, I, you know, I still had to run a house and business. So I chose um, to do suppositories. So veggie caps, 200 milligrams. So I did it at one, three, five, and seven o'clock. I did a 200 milligram suppository. And at bedtime, I took 200 milligrams orally. What a trooper. Ian, I think we should give you 200 milligrams, see how you do. (laughs) (laughs) You got quite a tolerance there, Susan, to take 200 milligrams orally. Oh, yeah. Well, at at the beginning, I, I, because I thought to myself as I was building myself up, I got up to 300 and I went, I've, you know, I, I, I did not have the same, it did not have the same, uh, the feelings was much different when I did it suppo- rectally. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the 
how I felt was much more manageable. And I think yeah, building yeah, it up slowly. Right. And you're not and you're not getting high that way. And um, I think we talked about this the other day when we uh, video chatted, Sue, but um, very recent studies indicate that the concentration um, of cannabinoids given rectally uh, over orally, the THC concentration is 100 times stronger, CBD 250, but without the high. Right. Yes. And I also orally did 100 milligrams of CBD good and so i do that at night now so i take my 200 milligrams plus 100 mils of cbd and i go to sleep i'll bet you do yeah <laughs> i'm surprised you wake up <laughs> well this so, is the whole you, point. you, you yeah. were diagnosed in april and uh here we are october well, beginning of november and you're clear how long so first of all that's phenomenal it's absolutely incredible and i can't even tell you how emotional i got when i saw that you were clear but um how long were you actually at this how long did it take you to build up to that that full dose a day I, you have to say at the beginning i mean you really do have to do a lot of soul work and just understand that you understand that that it's a mind thing right mm -hmm. so you just have mind, to say body, oh. spirit exactly spirit. so i did a lot of of soul work i did a lot of reading i did a lot of meditation i did over the six years i had been on some some cannabis uh websites and i did the i stopped eating meat i stopped drinking um, and I only feed my body um, organic food. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think you have to change a lot of things. It's not, it's not one thing. It's a body, mind, spirit connection, and you no, have to. And do we, it all. We, you and I talked about that the other day. This emotional component, the the working on your um, emotional self as well. Yeah, I I, I think there's a lot of. Um, uh, healing work and and by that I mean spiritual work in order to help yourself because that we are connected the body and mind and if you can calm that the work is easier yes yeah. Susan I'm yeah. wondering uh, given the history of cancer in your family and you watched your mother with cancer your sister with cancer my dad too your dad <laughs> oh boy your dad as well I'm wondering if in the back of your mind, you, prior to taking cannabis, you maybe thought that you're next. I, I had no doubt that it was a possibility for me. You know, yeah. I mean, you can't help that when you're surrounded with it. And I care gave my sister-in-law also passed and a cousin last year also. So it's, whether they're blood family or family, it is very around our, it's in our family, mm -hmm. you know? And so I, I believe in, in, in doing a lot of soul work, healing work too, because I believe that doesn't help the body. What do your friends and family think now that you are cancer free after taking cannabis? They're, they're really quite surprised and grateful that I st obviously stuck with it. Mm -hmm. um, they were very skeptical and just going, oh, well, wow. She, she, they, 
the ones that wanted me to do it and then uh, uh, it took me down were like, oh, oh, sh- you know, shit, she's, yeah. she can't do chemo. Um, and then I went ahead and everybody goes on with their life and you're still doing your healing and uh, they're shocked and grateful and just going, oh my God, you mean you did it? You mean that works? And I'm like, yeah, it does. But I'm also promoting the spiritual component. And that's really important. Really, really important. Sue, is there ever a time that you didn't think this was going to work? That you ever kind of doubted it? Or did you just know it was going to work? I know. I know. It is a a full surrender and belief for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, it's so important, this this idea of basically what happens instead of the, contr- the cancer controlling the person, when you start doing stuff for yourself to heal, you start controlling the cancer. And just that feeling of taking control is huge. Exactly. And, and kind of shocking that um, we live in, you know, a country or a society that it basically, you know, it didn't work for me. What They had one thing, and it didn't work for me. And they sent me, I call it getting sent to the farm. You know, that was it. Yeah, sorry. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oops. Okay, we'll have a good life. Like, zero follow-up. Zero support, right? So, only by the grace of, you know, my higher power and my my perseverance to try to do something am i sitting here today because the system does not Corey, when you had cancer did you also believe that the cannabis would cure you you know i i think i did i knew that if anything was going to do it it was going to be this mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean, you know, I had days where I, I mean, keep in mind, no Facebook pages on this back then, you know, no dispensaries had even sold oil. And I'd look at this tube of, you know, syringe of, <laughs> of black crap and go, this is going to save my life, you know? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it did. So um, for the most part, yeah, I, I knew if anything was going to do it, it was going to be this. Susan, when you when you went back to your when you went back to your doctor and uh, had a test uh, in the last couple of weeks and you were cancer free, what did the doctor mm-hmm. say? Uh, they're just like, oh, uh, they they just don't understand. And you know what I found out? They really don't know. Like my my blood work has been excellent through the whole thing. The only thing that I just had an iron infusion. Yes, I'm dealing with what surgery did anemia right? yeah um so but i'm all over that so again being proactive asking questions doing things it's really really important mm-hmm. when your blood work uh, some of the notes that Corey posted uh that your blood work looks amazing your cea is normal what is cea it's a it's a tumor count and and I don't really understand why they why they call it the things they call you. you carcinogenic. Get a, it's, it's sorry, Sue. It's a carcinogenic estimated assay. Okay. Oh yeah, and my levels are normal. My blood, everything on me is fantastic, and was during the whole thing. The only time my blood took a dip 
which is strange because I asked the oncologist, a uh, different doctor than the um, surgeon, and I asked him at the end of this when they sent me to the farm. I said, can, "I want you to. Can you? Can you?" I said, "I want to see my blood work before, during, and after this two weeks." Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and he looked at me and he goes, "Are you testing me?" And I said, "I don't know what you want to call it, but yeah, <laughs> I, I want to know what what happened to me." And uh, he showed me my blood work, and it remained the same. So it's very odd, uh, except for then I went anemic because of blood loss and stuff. But mm. we'll get that back. Mm. So it's a very strange, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's remarkable. I mean, you have a, just an incredible story, and and uh, what I find absolutely amazing is how quickly you were determined to be cancer free. I mean, from April, middle of April of this year to now, we're into November, and you're cancer free. That is truly amazing. Yeah, and you have to start. Thank you. And I, I did have a little cry myself. November first. It's. It's, it's a good day not to be having the intimate relationship with my pointing finger. <laughs> and it's nice not to have my life run by alarms. It's a bummer, it's, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be able to wear what I want to wear. But, um, yeah, I slowly, what I did was I, after the surgery and in, in um, May is when I started to build up to the grandma day because mm-hmm. that's kind of important. And so what I did was I started with 50. I kept that and I went straight to 100. I went to 100 milligrams orally. And then every three days I doubled it. So. Wow, what a trooper. To We're the point of. Out of a soil poster child. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and I, it's funny because where I live, um, you know, it's been COVID. And so I've got, uh, we have a courtyard here. And so. People were just like, oh, no, and they saw what, what the two weeks did, and they went, oh, no, we're going to lose our friend, and um, I kept at it, and they're like, oh, my God, because a lot of people have tried edibles and stuff, and they're like, okay, I don't understand what you're doing, how you're doing it, and uh, I go, you just have to, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. and yeah. doing it rectally, it really helped a lot, so, uh, and then about 600 milligrams is that was the levels like it never got worse and uh, I shouldn't say worse but I never felt any more like at 600 no more different feelings happened for me mm-hmm. mm. uh, yeah so it didn't take long to get up to a gram at all so you're you're gonna continue on a maintenance dose that's right so you, like for me for now I just do 200 milligrams with that 100 milligram cbd at night yeah yeah that that's fabulous and that should that should do the trick but yeah just don't stop that's for sure and i remain um i will remain um alcohol free and i will remain vegetarian geez 200 milligrams i'm i'm proud of you I don't. Th- I don't think I'd wake up. <laughs> he's proud and he's a little jealous. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I did talk to um, my other coach, and it was explained to me that um, a lot of people can't do this. 
like get or or you know hit a wall and get afraid or or something happens and um i am grateful and that's why i would suggest suppositories if they if they were feeling that they'd have auditory or you know mm -hmm. um paranoid thoughts anxiety things like that that's where the mind comes in and that's where you have to just have that relationship with yourself and say i'm healing this is healing what i'm feeling is myself getting healthy Right. Yeah, I've got to tell you, I uh, have these capsules, and they're in a these little plastic bags, and it said fifty milligrams on it. So I'm wondering, is it uh, fifty milligrams of CBD or THC? Anyway, I took one one day, and uh, just before bed, nothing seemed to happen. So I thought, okay, it's CBD. Then I took one the next morning. Who? It wasn't <laughs> CBD. It was THC, and I was wasted for a few hours. I'll tell you. <laughs> at the beginning you are but you build a tolerance you build a tolerance that's the same stuff that you uh you're on too by the way uh season yeah i remember the first suppository i do i remember and then i went oh i feel something right but it wasn't a bad feeling mm -hmm. it it was just oh okay and just sort of <laughs> i was fine so yeah, I guess the universe for me, I'm allergic to chemo and cannabis loves me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many times Corey and I have talked to, uh, uh, to and Corey's talked to people who, uh, when she suggests that they take cannabis uh, rectally, they say, oh no, I can't do that. Right, Corey? Yes, yeah. But why would they say they can't? Oh, for a number of reasons. But, you know, I had the elderly follow that's an exit, not an entrance, you know. Yeah. Um, I think maybe sometimes there's something in people's pasts, but um, it's just that whole, you know, pardon my French, you know, retentive society out there. It's like, oh, for crying out loud. You know, like rectal dosing of medications is far more accepted in Europe. 80% of medications in Europe are still given rectally. Well, it hits your system. It, it is it is a great highway for that. Yeah, it hits your system. There's no high. And because there's no high, you can get in dosing so much quickly. Like if you, or quicker, if you, Susan, had to build up, even with your tolerance, to a thousand done orally, you'd still be at it. Uh, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I could handle that. Like I'm saying, 300 mils would be, and I can do that awake during the day now. That's what I'm saying. Uh, tolerance levels are, they increase rapidly. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, people will think that, but I mean, you could, if you were on this, and I know a lot of people go, oh, I smoked weed for a long time. Does that mean I'm never, and I'm like, no, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. this, oh, I say it's a different beast. <laughs> yeah, it's it's oil. You have to ingest it, and and that's where the power is, right? So yeah, you. I would suggest anybody if they didn't want that, start at night for your oral, and because um, you're sleeping, right? Yeah. And then uh, uh, rectally is the way to go, and and you just become, you just get used to it. It's okay. Lube and your finger are your best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Susan, it's a fantastic story. It's really great. And you said at the beginning of the program, you feel better than you have in years. That's right. And I think a lot of that is, to me, I took it as a gift. So I think it was an opportunity for me to change the rest of my entire life. 
So if you go into like whatever in life makes you focus and recharge and recenter for me, it was cancer. Mm-hmm. Full stop, reevaluate and change your life. It was almost like you embraced it. Yeah, I didn't run. I surrendered and went, it's my turn to conquer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one, yeah. Of, one of the things I have trouble sometimes getting my head around is people say that cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me. But I think in your case, it certainly was, wasn't it? It was. Because now I took control of my life. Yeah. yeah. Right? Susan, in conclusion, what would you say to people who may be somewhat apprehensive about taking cannabis? Um, take my hand and walk with us and understand that there are alternatives and you can thrive through your cancer mm. till you have no cancer. Very well said. Very well said. Susan, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, a great story. Thank you very much. Uh, my gratitude is great, and I'm so appreciative that I looked on the internet, and I did some research six years ago, and I uh, fell into the arms of, of a website Corey had, and um, I'm forever grateful and forever changed, and I'm an advocate. And your story will change the life of someone around the world who hears it, I'm sure. I hope so. I hope so. Absolutely it will, Susan. Thank you so much for stepping up and sharing your story. And I am just incredibly thrilled for you. And and I'm so grateful to you, all of you. And um, we'll spread the word and I'm here for anybody. Okay. Thank you, Sue. Okay. Have a wonderful day. Happy Thursday. Happy cancer-free Thursday. (laughs) That's right. Thank you. If you're enjoying our podcast, uh, we'd love if you subscribe, rate, and write a review about Cannabis Health Radio on your social media platforms. And this will help us reach more people who could benefit from this information. And we'd very much like to thank our listeners for supporting us and sharing our podcast with others who would benefit from hearing these testimonials like Susan's about the healing power of cannabis. And our purpose in doing this podcast is to help as many people as we can. And we're listener-supported. We don't have any advertising. And if you'd like to make a one-time donation or a monthly donation, regardless of the amount, go to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and a drop-down menu will show you how you can do that. It's very easy. We're very grateful for your support and for those of us who supported us along the journey that we've taken over the last number of years. We thank you very much, and we thank you for listening, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.